0: This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, and you can see it exclusively at BlueNile.com. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tuesday edition of Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group and host of Locked On Warriors here with David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat. And on today's show, Devin Booker's buzzer beater gets the Suns a win and De'Aaron Fox makes a statement in New Orleans. But we begin today here at the quarter mark of the season by checking in on some NBA awards. David, let's jump right in and talk about who the frontrunner is in each category. We'll start with MVP, who you got?
1: You know, it it feels like the flavor of the week is Nikola Jokic. She's had a a tremendous performance against the Jazz recently. The Jazz, of course, on a a long win streak and and one of the best teams in the NBA all season long. And then Jokic just comes in there and embarrasses him completely. His numbers have been great. And yet, I kind of think that Joel Embiid is a more deserving candidate. And the production is pretty similar. And you have to look at the the. Look, first and foremost, I have to say the narratives that go into all of these awards shows are very difficult for me to navigate. I've had trouble with this for years, as you well know. And so when it comes to picking an MVP, I don't know what the criteria is anymore. I I guess it's just subjective. And to me, you look at the one in four record without Joel Embiid and the fact that they look, well, they look bad. They look like a bad team. This is a team with the best record in the Eastern Conference. And you add Embiid to a bad team and all of a sudden they're very, very good. And to me, that's the huge difference maker between a player like Jokic, who I think is just coming into his own. And yes, he has a tremendous impact across the board. But when you look at Embiid's overall offense and you factor in his much better defense than Jokic's, he's a clear favorite to me.
0: The Sixers are undefeated. They're 11-0 and when they have Seth Curry and Joel Embiid together. They're 10-0 and at home in Philadelphia when they have Joel Embiid. You're absolutely right. It's weird. The Sixers, and usually... A player not playing hurts his case for winning MVP because availability matters. But in Joel Embiid's case, this has really helped him in missing a few games here and there. I think it's helped his case for MVP. That said, I can't get over the fact that he just hasn't played enough uh, or as much as Nikola Jokic and another guy who's in the running, like LeBron James. And then you talk about other guys, Kevin Durant, Giannis and All these guys, like Joel Embiid, it helps his case from a narrative perspective. But I still just have an issue. Uh, getting giving the MVP to somebody who doesn't play as much as some of these other candidates, I could go Nikola Jokic. I really could. He has He's putting up numbers that we haven't seen since Russell Westbrook, but he's actually winning games, unlike Russell Westbrook. But he's not winning as many games as the Lakers. He's not winning as many games as LeBron James is. He is the best player on the best team. He has a great record. He is playing all these games. He's not doing it in LeBron James, exploding numbers, exploding box scores and all these things. But he just looks, when you watch him, like he is so in control. He is so comfortable in a way that even is new for, I think, LeBron James. Right? He is now, he doesn't, like the numbers are so secondary to him. He just, he controls the game unlike any other player uh, that we've seen. And uh, for that reason, to me, he is the MVP. Yes, they have Anthony Davis. I don't really care about that stuff. I'm not really into splitting votes and all that. He's the best player. The Lakers are the best team. Uh, I want to give it to LeBron, but I think Embiid would be number two for me. But
1: I mean, I, I can't understand why you don't want to look at the splitting votes ar- argument. But, you know, that has to factor into why they have the best record. And for sure, LeBron has been their consistently best player as far as the Lakers are concerned. He is a very, very good player, as you know. I think he's the best player of all time in NBA history, but I I also think that when you look at that group and the fact that they've been mostly on cruise control, that they're playing well, that they do have AD playing at such a high level himself, and they have such a deep supporting cast with proven championship experience, his job is a lot easier than some of these other MVP candidates. That's my only argument. Look, I, I don't, you can make the case that LeBron is probably a worthy MVP probably since 2006. That's always been the case, and it's just a matter of shifting narratives to fit whatever player you feel like. Whether it's Westbrook averaging a triple double or Giannis just being a different kind of impactful player, LeBron is always statistically a very, very good player. And yes, he's played more games than Embiid. But I just I look at that Lakers team, and that's the argument against LeBron and their overall record being as good as it is is the argument against the individual best player on uh, in the league right now so
0: I just fair enough I just I don't I, I think Nikola Jokic is a lot of help Denver is really deep the Sixers it's not a bunch of sh- slumps on that roster either right Joel Beats playing with Ben Simmons Tobias Harris Seth Curry's been really good for them uh, when he's been available, and, and like I said, Joel Embiid, the only thing I, that eliminates him from consideration for me is the fact that he hasn't played nearly as many games as LeBron, That's fair. Uh, and then I, give, and I just give LeBron a slight edge over Nikola Jokic right now, but I'll tell you this, if Nikola, Nikola Jokic keeps doing uh, what it is that he is doing now, he's going to be number one, not before too long, he's already number one for a lot of people, let's move on to the defensive player of the year, David, who do you have here?
1: Well, Utah Jets fans are going to be happy with this because to me, despite the fact that he got embarrassed against Nikola Jokic, I still think that Rudy Gobert is the league's best defensive player, Uh, not not necessarily by a wide margin. There are other candidates there. I mean, Giannis certainly has taken a slight step back. He's not quite as impactful as he was last year when he won the D D Player of the Year award. But I think you look at Gobert – The fact that Utah has been so good and that long win streak. And yes, there's so many different factors that play into it. But their defense has been as exceptional as ever. And I think Gobert is a linchpin of that. So while everybody else has stepped up their defense around them, their jobs are so much more easy because of a player like Gobert. I I think Embiid's a solid candidate. I think you can make a case for Anthony Davis or a few others that I'm probably forgetting. But I, I just look at Gobert's overall impact and I cannot change I cannot get away from how much he impacts defense so completely as an individual player, which to me is ultimately what it boils down to.
0: Yeah, Rudy Gobert was in consideration for me, as was Anthony Davis, but ultimately I'm going with Miles Turner right now, mm. uh, and and I had a little bit of a hard time doing that because both the Jazz and the Lakers are so far and away better uh, uh, defensive rating wise than the Indiana. It is the Pacers are basically a league average defense, but they're only league average because Miles Turner has been so darn good for them. Yeah. He is uh, f- if you look at the metrics, uh, fourth in the league in uh, field goal attempts defended. And he is holding players who shoot against him to 9 percentage points less than their typical season averages. That's insane. That is almost 9 times better than Gobert and Anthony Davis uh, each. And so uh, I love how much he is just contributing at that end. I love, again, going with the narrative. He is settling into a role. He has basically deferred to DeMonte Sabanis uh, on the offensive end and has really decided, you know what, I'm just going to be the best defensive center in the league. How about that? And he's, so far, I think, done it. He is, right now, the best defensive center in the league, at least through these first uh, quarter of the season. But can't go wrong with Rudy Gobert. One interesting thing about the Jazz, they're really doing it with offense right now, Mm -hmm. right? Their offensive rating is better than their defensive rating. Both of them are in the top six in the NBA, so it's not really uh, separating things too much. But um, let's move on now to Rookie of the Year. Wow.
1: This was... I I think the toughest. And of course, again, LaMelo Ball seems to be getting the most attention, and maybe deservedly so. I I honestly had a really, really tough time with this. Because you look at the way this draft class has played out. And yeah, James Wiseman's been fine on occasion. You would know better than I would. I know there's been some inconsistency there. And of course, he was uh, reduced to a bench role there, which is probably in his best interest long term. But then you look at LaMelo Ball also coming off the bench. You have Tyrese Halliburton coming off the bench as well. The drafts felt like, it. while it didn't have any clear superstar at the top of that draft, it has a lot of great role players. You can go pretty deep even in this past year's draft, and and there are guys that are still able to contribute. And that's when you take into consideration the lack of a summer league, no time for real development, shorter training camps, the fact that they were thrust into the strangest season of all time. It's very difficult to see how these players have been able to impact their teams. I guess – if I had to come down to making a pick, it's probably Halliburton, but you can make a case for almost anybody. I
0: mean, Ball certainly has a strong case too.
1: I'm curious to hear that's your That's my argument.
0: guy. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm going Lamelo Ball. Um, you know, twelve. 12- plus points per game on 43% shooting 6.1 assists 5.9 rebounds I mean he just he's filling up the box score and so much of what a rookie does isn't really necessarily related to winning games rookies just so rarely have a, a impact that way but if they can fill up the box score that's enough for me I'm not a stickler about rookie of the year I don't really care about team record or any of that kind of stuff I just Whoever is just doing the best stuff with the box score, that's where I kind of draw the line. Lamelo right now is doing it. James Wiseman, he's got a case. I think he's in there. Emmanuel Quickly, got to give him a shout-out. He's been awesome for the New York Knicks. Uh, Anthony Edwards has his on-and-off nights just like Wiseman does. Halliburton's been great, but to me, Ball's been a little bit better. He actually started Monday night for Charlotte, uh, and maybe that'll be something that they decide to do going forward because he's been so good, I think, not just from a box score thing. But his impact on that team, they are number one in passing in the NBA. And so much of that is just because of what it is that LaMelo Brawl brings to the table. But I think Halliburton's a good, as good a choice uh, as I don't think was. I
1: don't think Ball's going to start, though. I think I mean, Terry Rozier is hurt. So I don't know if they right. feel comfortable bringing him off the bench. So, I mean, maybe Devonte Graham gets reduced to a bench role as kind of a, a spark plug on offense. But I don't know. Ball, something about his game. It's fun and exciting, but it's hard for me to take, too, because it just seems, like, so erratic and consistent. And just seeing his lanky body move. There are some times where it all p- pays off perfectly, and there are other times when you go, what the hell was that all about? Like, like there's some head-scratching movements that he just makes there where he, le- he winds up making some terrible turnover or something like that. And I know I'll probably get roasted on this for, you know, considering that he's a ball player and, and, and that he is as beloved as he is even before he actually accomplished anything at the NBA level. But still, I just – there are moments there where I'm not quite sure what I'm watching
0: let's talk about most improved but first David tell our listeners about betonline.ag hey Wes I I wanted to ask you do you have
1: any idea how much money was spent on on betting online for table tennis in the state of Colorado alone this past year
0: (laughs) I I would say I have no idea
1: 64 million dollars $64 $64 million was spent on table tennis alone in the state of Colorado. And that's why you shouldn't be sitting on the sidelines any longer. If you want place to place a bet, the one place to go to is betonline.ag. It's the only place that has you covered. The one place that we trust as a network. And right now you can bet on the NFL. Of course, the Super Bowl is right around the corner. NBA games are still kicking it live. And of course, you can always bet on table tennis, too. So go to betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore and use that promo code locked on to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under twenty minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. David. Continuing along here with our quarter of the season awards most improved. I'm going to go first here. Everybody wants to give it to Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. I understand why everybody wants to give it, to give it to Jalen Brown because he's absolutely taken a leap. And honestly, I would probably give it to Jalen Brown if I was voting right now, but I want to give a shout out to one player who I am not seeing in this conversation. And that's Bam Adebayo. Ooh. Last season. Bam got in on the most improved player conversation, and that's why I think he's not in on the most improved player conversation this season. But look at this. Last season goes from 8.9 points to 15.9 points per game. But a lot of the conversation around him was, all right, was this actually improving as an individual player? Or was this just a result of getting more playing time now that Hassan Whiteside wasn't there and he was starting, right? Uh, Which was, I think, a worthwhile conversation to have, but that conversation did not... uh, exist when it came to Brandon Ingram, who ultimately won the award. But now it just feels like we just forgot about Bam Adebayo as far as our most improved guy. Uh, and I think it was mostly because of what he did in the playoffs. He even improved from regular season to postseason. But this is a regular season award. So you go from 15.9 points per game in the regular season last year for Miami. This year, he's up to 19.9 points per game. This is uh, before Monday Night Stats because I didn't get a chance to update them all. Um, so it's so he's averaging nearly 20 points per game. His shooting percentages are higher. His uh, free throw percentage is up from 69% to 86%, which shows me real improvement. That dude is awesome. Not only has Jalen Brown taken a leap to all-NBA type player, but so has Bam Adebayo. And I think he needs to be involved in this conversation. And that is what I am doing today. That is uh, that is what I am lobbying for.
1: I can't really argue that uh i could also make a pretty strong case for bradley beal i know so much of the discussion about him is regarding whether or not he gets traded and what's going on with washington and yes there's plenty of dysfunction there to pick at but as far as his individual play and considering everything else that he's had to just weather from covid to lack of playing time as far as the team is concerned because they've been shut down for so many of the of this season's games already and of course injuries to key players and the fact that he is being keyed uh, defensively like as far as opposing teams are concerned they're, they're trying to lock him down and he's still putting up the most incredible numbers of his career i think he has a pretty strong case i know locked on wizards recently made that argument after a, a great interview with his trainer drew hanlon and so I think it's a worthy discussion. Like, I, you know, I love Bam, and I think he's made a huge leap as well, but there are still moments there where I question his aggressiveness, which has always been his downfall. He's never really seemed comfortable being the lead scorer. And, yes, he, he took on a greater responsibility when Jimmy Butler was out because of the team's health and safety protocols, but I'm not quite ready to say he's the most improved player in the league this year. I give that nod to Bradley
0: Beal. Let's uh, quickly just do six man of the year. It's Jordan Clarkson. It's done. We already know that. No coach of the year. I got Chris Boucher. All right, that's fine. It's Jordan Clarkson. All right, uh, coach of the year, Quinn Snyder. Uh, he's gonna. He's following that Mike Budenholzer at the Hawks model of, uh, hey, I don't have an MVP candidate, but we're gonna lead this team to one of the best records in the league, uh, and we're gonna have a really pretty offense. And I, I don't know if you have a different answer. to the year staff. right now. That's fair, too. That's fine. He doesn't win as many games as Quinn Steiner, but it's not that far off, actually. Um, All right, let's move on to the games from Monday night. Let's start in Dallas, where in a thrillingly close game, Chris Paul, who had a sensational performance with 34 points on 14 of 20 shooting, nine rebounds, and nine assists, had an opportunity to win the game, but missed a wide-open layup with 14 seconds left. But DeAndre Ayton got the offensive rebound, setting up a final chance for Phoenix. Chris Paul ran a side pick and roll. Devin Booker came off a screen, and Paul whipped him the pass. Booker drained the three-pointer with one and a half seconds left. But on the other end, Luka Doncic had just enough time to heave a 30-foot jumper. It almost went in, but it hit the front of the rim, and the Suns escaped with a 109-108 to win. This was a big win for the Suns, who have now won three in a row after losing three in a row. How are we feeling about Phoenix, David?
1: Pretty good. Uh, interesting stat tweeted out by ESPN's Tim McMahon. This was the uh, fifth go-ahead bucket in the final five seconds of a game in Devin Booker's career, and that put some uh, second to Russell Westbrook in that same stretch. So, an impressive showing from him, a guy who obviously likes performing in the clutch and is able to do so at a pretty high level. I like their depth. I like everything about this team. I just I'm just not sold on them being a legitimate title contender. Maybe I'm being negative, but considering the strength of the teams above them, I like Phoenix's chances to make the playoffs, and that seems like a definite improvement, but I'm not quite ready to put them within the top five teams as far as contending status is concerned. And I don't know if you have a different opinion, but I think they're a really good team uh that's yeah. going to be an also ran, not necessarily a contender.
0: They're in that jumble of teams that are kind of stacked between four and 11 right now in the Western Conference. Their whole goal should be avoiding the play in tournament. And right sure. now, if the you know, the playoffs started today. There's six in the West. They would, that would be avoiding that play in tournament. I think they're as good as any of those teams that could do that. I, uh, we're going to talk about a few of these other teams later on. I, I think they're, they're right there. I like them more than Memphis. I like them more than Portland. I like them more than Golden State. Uh, you know, I, I I'm a believer in that Chris Paul, Devin Booker backcourt. It's been clunky, but I don't think that anybody expected it not to be clunky. And now we're kind of talking about it like, oh my gosh, why is it so clunky? Uh, And I kind of have a hard time with that, that kind of media conversation that's going around around them, especially because Devin Booker just got back after missing four or five games with a hamstring issue. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Chris Paul makes everybody better, but he's not easy to play with necessarily. Um, And it is a relatively young team. So I think that it's Phoenix to me is a team that will get better as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, I mean, a great point. Uh, The Aaron Fox goes off for 38 points. Including 17 in the fourth quarter and 12 assists as well as the Kings come back from 10 points down to defeat the New Orleans Pelicans 118 to 109. Wes, Fox has averaged 28 points over the last seven games. Is he doing a lot of it from three point range with Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, who we just talked about in the previous segment? How do you like Sacramento's backcourt and how they stack up with the rest of the league?
0: Look, I think like in a few years, they'll be as good as any backcourt in the league, probably. Look, I, I obviously you've got Kyrie and James Harden in Brooklyn. They're probably the best backcourt in the league. you got Chris Paul and Devin Booker, we just talked about. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, what they're doing in Portland. McCollum, of course, is injured right now. But uh, they're, those are, I think, the, the top three. Uh, we'll see what it looks like in Golden State when Klay Thompson comes back next year with Steph Curry. But, look, Fox and Halliburton... Uh, I think can be right there in a few years. They're by far the the best young backcourt I think in the NBA. Uh, I don't know, you know, you've got Dallas with Luka Doncic, but Josh Richardson. I don't know. Uh, Atlanta, they got Trey Young. We'll see about the rest of that group. Um, but you know, I think that they could be what it is that John Wall and Bradley Beal were supposed to be in Washington if they could stay healthy in Sacramento. Uh, you've got the, the slasher and Darren Fox, you got to do it all, uh, two guard and Halliburton who can play off the ball as well as on the ball. I really like their chances, but of course they've got to probably make a decision with buddy healed at some point. Yeah, I was going to um, say,
1: it seems like you've totally written him off and he doesn't factor into their plans
0: long-term at all. I don't think he does. I just, I don't know what, I don't know what the plan is there. I, I, I don't see a world in which it's just going to be that those three, unless they want to play three guards, which I, I, I suppose you could do that. Uh, doesn't. I don't know how happy he is in, in Sacramento long term. If I were them, I'd be trying to make it Fox and Halliburton going forward. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, let's get to some other scores from around the NBA. But first, David, tell our listeners about Rock Auto.
1: With an ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible to stock all the parts you might need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure pointless or intimidating questions from the person behind the counter while they order the parts that you're looking for on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can choose from hundreds of manufacturers and their easy-to-use site, and you'll get Everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly and safely to your door. Why spend more for the exact same parts at a chain store or at a car dealership? RockAuto.com's low prices are the same for everybody. So go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Then go to the section that says, how did you hear about us? And enter Locked On so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car or truck will ever need. That's RockAuto.com.
0: The Hornets came back from 10 points down. Malik Monk's three-pointer at the buzzer sent the game to overtime where Charlotte beat the Heat. 129 to 121. Monk finished with 36 points while the heat got 25 points from Jimmy Butler. David, what went wrong down the stretch for Miami?
1: Uh, well, Miami uh, averages about 41 points. I mean, sorry, 41, three pointers that they give up to opponents on a regular basis. That's the second worst mark in the league to the new Orleans Pelicans. Guess how many three pointers they gave up to the Hornets tonight. That's right. 41, not just that, but they also gave up 21 to 41, almost 52% shooting from the Hornets. So uh, a pretty good night from the perimeter for Charlotte. Uh, you know what, and the, and that's by design unfortunately for Miami because they don't have any kind of actual rim protection, so they're just trying to deny uh, easy mid-range looks or shots at the rim, and then they just give up a lot of three-pointers, counting on their switchable defense with Bam and bio. but of course that takes him away from the paint so he can't protect uh, any kind of shots at the rim, and, that, and it kind of just has this cascade effect where everybody's left scrambling, and of course eh, opponents have figured out that they can get a pretty easy look from the perimeter, and they've just been able to capitalize. They did the same thing again. Uh, Against Sacramento the other night when Jimmy Butler played his first game in almost three weeks. Uh, Charlotte, a team with a lot of shooting in there, even without Terry Rozier, they were able to just torch Miami down the stretch. Uh, Never lost a lead in overtime. And of course, that big lead that Miami had with a few minutes and they squandered completely. So, not great. Their defensive principles just aren't working and they might not have the personnel. I know they're trying to incorporate Avery Bradley, who's been out for the last month for the most part, uh, and he hasn't quite provided anything. And maybe if Goran Dragic had shot a little bit better than he. He did in tonight's game. They probably wouldn't have had to go into overtime in the first place. But
0: anyway, yeah, no, that was wasn't that what you brought Avery Bradley in right for was to defend a guy like Malik. Yeah, point Monk of attack and he, defense. He, that's right. Yeah, and he, and he and he just obviously didn't do that. And, and I know he's been injured and out of shape and, and all these things. But still, uh it's Malik Monk. It's not Bradley Beal that we're talking about. I don't know what's going on there. And 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 to me, what was troubling about the end of that Miami game was they just didn't look like the Heat. Right? Like you mentioned, the defensive principles. You've got Eric Spolster and assistant coaches screaming at guys from the sideline. They're obviously doing something wrong. Uh, They completely crumble. Like, that's just not what it is that the Heat are supposed to do, right? And so. Uh, look on the last couple weeks on this on these Tuesdays, David. We've we've kind of asked this question about whether or not we're worried about Miami, and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again for the third straight week. <laughs> but I'm getting a little worried about Miami, you know, yeah. and and because it's just now they are starting. They've got the guys back, and they're starting to look like not the team that we got accustomed to seeing in that bubble.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a good point. I mean, I think they're going to have to start exploring some trades soon. I'm not sure if it's for the superstar that a lot of Heat fans expect it to be, but maybe just a guy who shores up their defense and could provide some of that same switchability that Jay Crowder did
0: uh, late last season. I, I have an idea for you. Okay. For the team I cover and the team you cover, what would the Heat want for Kelly Oubre Jr.? I know that he's not shooting well for the Warriors, but he's been a really good defender. I think he could replace a lot of what it was that the Heat lost in Derrick Jones Jr. defensively and offensively. Honestly, with the offensive putbacks and stuff, yeah. Uh, with a little bit more production than Derrick Jones Jr., I don't know. Would I? Would it just? Be, I don't know if the Warriors would just take Kelly Olynyk and maybe another like a Kendrick Nunn type piece or something like that. I, I don't know what it would be that Miami would be willing to offer.
1: Uh, yeah. either one of those uh, players would probably seems like a, a pretty fair I, I think they like Olenek um, but he's on the last year of his expiring deal none obviously is a free agent at the end of the season he's probably going to get paid from somebody but it's not going to be Miami so yeah I'm sure that they'd be willing to move any one of those two players I mean maybe they could send Andre Iguodala back uh, although they probably like his veteran Oof. presence more maybe as he burned those bridges uh, out of uh, Golden State <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, it's an interesting concept
0: the Memphis Grizzlies now have the longest winning streak in the NBA at 7 games after defeating the Spurs 133 to 102 and they did it without Jaron Jackson Jr., Jonas Valančiūnas, Grayson Allen, and Justice Winslow and had 9 players score in double digits. David, do you believe in the Grizzlies? No. No, I don't I can't. I, I
1: just I want to like I see that team and they're fun and exciting and everything else and I feel like I'm probably selling them short and I haven't watched them as closely as I probably should have but I, I watch the team and there are still so many gaps there that I, I don't know if they're going to be able to fill in time to salvage the season and make them legitimate. I don't think they're a contender. I think they're, they're a year or two away from being in that model. But for now they're just a really good team that can challenge probably one of the top, or the top seeds, like maybe uh, the Lakers or Clippers, maybe push them to a game or two in the playoffs, but I don't think they can actually upset Los Angeles in a playoff series. So, uh, I, you know, while they might be good enough to make the playoffs, which is a stretch from where they were last year, I also don't consider them among the title contending teams.
0: I, I'm really interested to see what it is that this team looks like when guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. And, and Jonas Valanciunas are back. And Justice Winslow has not played a minute for them since getting traded there almost a year ago. Um, and, and, and so you wonder what, and and I guess he's starting to get, he's reportedly on his way to coming back. Uh, I wonder how that shakes up their rotation and what it is that he could do for that team. But, um, they, they are, they're going through the, obviously the learning curve of being a young team and figuring out, um, just some of these other things. I wonder what it looks like, you know, when they're playing close games, some closer games and they have to execute down the stretch. Uh, but still they're. They're really good offensively these last couple of games. They've been good defensively for most of the season, I, so I believe in them in that respect. I just I I, I want to see what it is that they look like when they're whole. And and when they're challenged with a little bit more adversity and not getting some of these teams just sort of in the beginning parts of the season, what it looks like when it's a little bit more competitive. And, and
1: everybody talks about depth, like it's a great thing to have. And in some cases it is, but more often than not, you have to figure out how to play together. And that's something that this team just can't – they don't have the luxury of figuring, figuring that out on the fly, particularly in a season like this where time is so limited. You're not getting any kind of practice time. It's not easy to form that kind of – chemistry and camaraderie there so it's it's not going to be something that's going to manifest this season it might take like i said a year or two to actually see it in person
0: uh getting to some of the last scores from around monday night the bucks blew out the trailblazers 134 to 106 Giannis had 25 6 and 4 in just 25 minutes before earning his rest 34 points for drew holiday this performance will only help milwaukee's best ever offensive rating LeBron James had twenty one points, nine assists and seven rebounds. And the Lakers pulled away in the fourth quarter to defeat the Hawks 107 to 99. The Bulls got 30 points from Larry Market and 21 from Zach Levine in their 110 to 102 win over the Knicks, kind of taking advantage of what's been a really nice uh, New York Knicks defense. The Rockets beat the Thunder 136 to 106. Houston has now won six straight. Here's more from Lockdown Rockets. What's up, Jackson Gatlin here from over at Locked on Rockets. The Rockets coming away with the 136-106 win against the Oklahoma City Thunder, tying an NBA single quarter record for 11 made three-pointers in the first quarter on their way to that 48-24 start. Really dominant performance by the Rockets, and then finishing the game with 28 made three-pointers, good enough for the second most made three-pointers all time in NBA history. They were dominant start to finish, things looked good, the wow factor, John Wall. Victor Oladipo, Christian Wood looking excellent again tonight. Eric Gordon was huge off the bench with 25 points in just 22 minutes. So for the complete breakdown, the extensive breakdown on this, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Rockets, your team, every single day. And a saucy night for Sexland. Here's more from Locked On Cavs. Hey, everyone. Evan Damerle here, co-host of Locked On Cavs, with a quick Locked On Now update from the Cavs win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. One of my biggest takeaways from this game is obviously Cleveland's a lot better with Jared Allen starting and Andre Drummond being nowhere near the floor for the Cavs, but also the Cavs being a lot better when Larry Nance Jr. isn't starting. Also, another big takeaway from this game is the fact that Darius Garland is clearly the point guard of the future for the Cavs and might have more winning upside than Colin Sexton long term. All right, David, I am springing this on you. You didn't know that I was going to do this. I didn't tell you about this in our pre-show meeting. But we have a new segment, but it's kind of like an old segment. This was a ten game night um, from Monday night, and I sh- we should say that the the Nuggets Pistons game from Monday night was postponed. We didn't mention that at the top of the show. Tuesday night, we got some real good games that I'm excited for. But the one I am excited for most, David, Clippers versus the Brooklyn Nets. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. We'll see which one of these guys even plays in this game. But to you, is this game serial or not serial? <laughs> Uh
1: it's serial like anytime that you see the nets playing uh, together I, I think it's a serial matchup uh if, if anything cuz you know they're going to put up a lot of points and then give up a lot so it's always going to be a fun game that's going to come down to the last minute or so uh, cuz you never know what what end they're going to wind up on but absolutely it's serial so uh, for all of our listeners that may not know Serial or cereal. It's so subjective, but it's just a way of quantifying which games are the most fun, the most interesting. If you can just sit down, I think our criteria was if you could sit down with a late night bowl of cereal and watch the game and enjoy the hell out of it, then that makes it absolutely a cereal matchup. And this one certainly fits the bill.
0: It might be the only cereal matchup from Tuesday night. Boston Warriors could be good. Memphis, uh, Indiana. Memphis, Indiana might be fun. That might be fun. In Portland, Washington, I mean, that could just be Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal scoring forty points each. Yeah, right? Lillard held
1: to seventeen points tonight on Monday. He's gonna he's gonna look to crush the Wizards, yeah. and that's not hard to do considering their defense is as bad as it is.
0: Get your cereal boxes ready, then. What's your cereal of choice right now? Uh, oh, uh, apple cinnamon Cheerios. Ooh.
1: Yeah, like I've been sharing that with my toddler son. So sometimes he has snack time and sometimes I join him and it's a lot of fun. He is part of the cereal gang, that's
0: for sure. Um, we, had, we had an old sponsor, uh, Magic Spoon, and I still have uh, – I actually ordered more boxes that came out with a peanut butter flavor and I'm a big peanut butter crunch guy. I understand I'm on the minority there because I guess it scratches up the roof of your mouth and people don't like that. Huh. Uh, I don't mind it Bye so panties. much. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, be a man. Play through the pain. Uh, I, I don't mind them. I don't mind it. so, But they, they came out with a peanut butter flavor that is very close. So I'm enjoying it uh, for old times' sake. Um, remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts with 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. And this episode is brought to you by 1010, an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring. And it's exclusively at BlueNile.com. That'll do it for me and David. You can catch us here again next Tuesday. Stay tuned to Lockdown on NBA for the rest of the week. Thanks for listening.